What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime. So with that being said, guys, welcome to The Real Build. Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And today I got a special guest coming from Montgomery, Alabama. She is an award-winning interior designer whose passion and achievements in design have positioned her as one of the area's best. Her distinguished designs can be seen in luxury homes and commercial projects throughout the country. Most important, she's a hardworking wife and mother of three, Ashley Gilbreth. It's an honor. Welcome to The Real Build. How are you? You're so sweet. We are good. Good. Thank you. Doing great. Thank you. That's a very I'm happy. Story. Happy to have you on. I love having interior designers on because a lot of people don't know how hard you guys truly work. And we're going to get That's into that. Good. So because you, yeah. you guys run me being a builder, you guys run a lot of the projects. So um, so I like to get started, too, with your kind of your background going over that. So let's talk about who is Ashley Gilbreth. Um, gosh, where to begin? Let's see. Uh, like you said, I have, I have three children, nine, six, and a three-year-old. Um, been married for um, about 14 years, and we've been in Montgomery for just that long. Um, I've always loved interior design, and it's it's a passion, and it's just it's awesome to be able to watch people's lives change in a good way because of impacts that you've made. So, um I could tell you a lot more, but that's that's the quick gist of it. <laughs> well, let's hear a lot more. How do you? So, as far as you, like, how did you get into the interior design world? I mean, most people that are interior designers, they kind of grow up into it. You know, mm-hmm. you have that passion as you're younger, yeah. looking at magazines, so on. So, how? What about yourself? Very similar. I thought that I would go into architecture. Um, honestly, didn't know there was a lot there was a a field for interior design when I was, when I was younger. Um, I went to Auburn because they had a great architecture program Mm -hmm. out there. I was there for two years and I kept on wondering why no one ever talked about the inside yet. Why are we still talking about roof lines and exterior? Like what happens? I wanted to know how the daylight came in the window, like what happens on the inside? So um, switched gears when I figured out there was an interiors program. And so I jumped over to interiors at Auburn and graduated there. But I think the whole passion for it really started um, as a kid. My, my sister and I have a younger sister and we would nip playing as a child. Um, she would she would be the mom and I would go to work and I'd go draw house plans. So um, it's something that I didn't even know was really something you could do, but I just had fun. It's like working a puzzle mm-hmm. um, and I put the pieces and parts together. And so I would do that and she would take care of the baby dolls and then um, that was it. So <laughs> the, our, our real life is still very similar. She still takes care of the babies and I still work a whole lot. So. <laughs> so you growing up and I mean, you leading into that too. I mean, it was kind of similar with me and my story when I was younger, younger too. I used to build stuff like constantly all the time. Mm-hmm. You never really realize that you're going to be involved in the businesses that you are. Absolutely. And it kind of takes shape because you have a true passion for it and you can see it in your designs too, because your, de- your designs are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, people should definitely check them out too. Um, so let's discuss your business a little bit. How did your company start? And, you know, you, we got into how, why you chose into your designer space. So what was your reason for starting your business? I worked in New York and I worked in Atlanta before I got married. And okay. I moved um, to Montgomery because my husband won the, the I make more money than you do game. <laughs> so I lost that challenge. And so I came here um, kicking and screaming for the first little bit. And there are some wonderful people in this town and there is lots of um, good kind of decorator stores. And I worked there at one that I still adore for a little while. Um, But I just wanted a little bit more than that. And so I have a husband who is totally unafraid of, um, of a challenge Hmm. and he's very encouraging and just said, go do it. If you can do it do it differently, go do it. And I thought, Oh my gosh, you really think I can like, no way. And yeah, just go do it. His his comment was always, "We are young enough that if we fall flat on our face, we'll get back up." 
Good for um, I think, yeah. think that, um, I think the tune has changed now. That's probably not the best advice now. I've got three <laughs> little people to support, but at the time we didn't have any children and it was like, you know, what? do it, just go, go do it, give it a shot and try. So, um, so we did, we did. And I think it works to our benefit a little bit because, um, it takes a minute to build, to build a good, um, foundation for it. So, um, thanks to a super encouraging, um, husband, here we are. That's yeah, that's awesome. And it's good that you have somebody in your corner like that too, because you know, that's, that pushed you to kind of do what you really wanted to do and your dream and your passion of interior design. And obviously you're at where you're at, you know, because you got that, that support system too, which is big because a lot of people don't have that too. So that's awesome to hear. So good for you and good for him too. He yes, sounds like a great, great guy to motivate not, he's you. He's so. a good one. He's a good one. I'm not sure I'd do well for him, but, um, but he, he just, he's a good one. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. let's dive into the, your processes a little bit. Um, you know, cause as you know, this is kind of more about delivering as much value to the customer as possible, but also people, a lot of business people do listen to this. Uh, a lot of builders, a lot of designers, and so on. Um, I want to start out talking about your process and how it's done. What should potential customers look for when hiring an interior designer? That's a big question. Um, <laughs> I, think it, um, I think it's something that you, you want to make sure that someone's listening. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that the designer is capable of altering their look a little bit. Um, I've always been very drawn to specific designers that have a specific look because it's very easy to pick them out as you're flipping through a magazine. Oh, that sounds as design. But I had a much older, um, more seasoned designer tell me a long time ago. And she said, you know, um, do you think that that, that, that designer designed for that client or designed for herself? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, you're right on. So um, I think look for some versatility in their work because you want to make sure that they're listening. And that they are capable of doing something other than just what they like and other than just what they know. And so um, we try to be, um, I kind of joke and say it's it's like dressing a two-year-old because I'm very accustomed to that in my house. And, you know, you give them three really good options that have a little bit of versatility and that they can pick what they like the best, but you're still in control of the end result. You're still certain that the end result is going to look really well put together, but you're giving them a couple options to choose from. So um, I think a good listener and then making sure that you're seeing someone that executes the process all the way through from the beginning to the very, very end. Um, those two things I think would be, um, gosh, I could go on one quick follow-up, good communication. No, um, yeah, you could go, go right ahead too. You know, yeah. I think all of those things play a big role in this. We're in the luxury industry and the client should feel like that. It shouldn't be, um, you know, it needs to be a quick response time and a quick, which we're not always wonderful at because there's a lot going on, but, but we try to be. Mm-hmm. Good, just good communication in general. As you know, you cannot build a house if you can't communicate well. Oh, yeah. So you have to be in constant communication, good note-taking skills, keeping everybody in the loop. Um, there's a ton of stuff that goes into it. But I think the biggest thing is making sure that someone's listening and that all expectations are set up in the very beginning. We, we try very hard to make sure that we have very thorough conversations before we ever even sign a contract with the client, um, that we know exactly what our budget is exactly what our priorities are. And we ask them to pull about five to 10 images of spaces that they like so that we have a hardcore visual that we keep at the top of their board, the whole project, um, just to make sure that we're nailing their look, that we're following their interest. Yeah. And you nailed it on the head right there is, is, you know, the expectations putting them out there up front is huge. And I've talked about it. It's like, (laughs) it is, you know, you got to make sure everybody knows what they're getting into and there's, you know, we're being thoughtful and being considerate and going from there. Yeah, because it's such a big process, too. I mean, and you you are kind of, you know, you're the guide that you're holding their hand throughout that process. And that's why I have you on, too, because not a lot of people do know how much you guys as interior designers go through. I mean, right. you being so passionate about it, too. It is, it's a lot of work. And right. you have to you know, it's, it's somebody's home in the end. I mean, it's one of the, that's the place they're going to spend the most time in and you want to, you want to put that touch on it um, and have your touch too. They're hiring you for a reason because they like your design styles and ideas and so on. But that's where I get into my next thing. Do you welcome client involvement throughout the process? Oh, we have to. Yes, we want to. Um, It's their home. You know, we've, we've said 
always, there is not a piece of furniture um, or a thought that we cannot incorporate and make it look good. We just have to think of, you know, put them all into context and make sure it works. I mean, if you have your great grandmother's buffet that you really just don't want to use, but you kind of have to, we can make it look good. We can figure out a way they're going to build their memories. So we, we totally, we welcome any and all input. That's what, that's what we're here for. We're here to be their guide to take their visions and make it into reality. So yeah, we, we want them to talk big time. If they don't talk, then um, they're going to end up with the look that they want. Yeah, or you get an open canvas, right? And then you get to do well, it. Well, don't get me wrong. I love an open canvas too, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I need to make sure that we're designing, you know, really for them. So we need them to voice their opinion a little bit. We have had that occasional project where they've said, this is our budget. This is kind of the look that we like. Here, Here's six months. We're going to the town on this weekend. Can you come install the whole house? And we are like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, and it was fun. It was a ton of fun. It got shot. It was pretty. It was published. It was great, um, and they loved it. But those clients don't happen very often. Yeah, I've I've said this before. I had another interior designer on my show, and I said I'd be that open canvas because I'd let you have at it. We just have to trust a lot. You know, it's a lot of trust, and um, and that's a great thing. It's awesome. But I will say, on our side, we we enjoy the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of get sad when projects end because we're like, oh my gosh, we're not going to talk to you three times a week anymore. You know, don't you need our help with like your attic or something else? Because, um, because we're not going to have a reason to talk to you all the time. So yeah. it's not like we're giving them like your firstborn child after like raising them for two years. You know, it's, it's a good, it's a good chunk of time and a, a good relationship that you, um, you don't really want. It's not that it ends, but it doesn't continue in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's maintaining the long-term relationship too, but also like you said, another big topic you said is the communication. Um, mm-hmm. It's so big. I mean, you, you are that guide, like I t- said earlier that you're constantly in communication with these people, even if it's an open canvas or you're with, you know, guiding them through what they want. Um, it's big. And you know, that's, you have to constantly be on it because all the, all the processes, all the stuff, I mean, you're, you're basically building a house. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and not a lot of people understand that. That's why I have so much respect for you guys because oh, the designers, the designers that I've teamed up with, I mean, you've, I've, I've dealt with bad designers. I've dealt with really good ones. You see a big yeah. difference and you see the ones that are truly passionate in what they do. And you guys have to hold the whole foundation down, you know, because <laughs> you're, you're that. It's so nice to hear somebody catch on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. But you guys do as well. Y'all are yeah. obviously the biggest part of it. It goes both mm. ways, but it, it requires a good working relationship and a, yeah. lot, of, a lot of just communication. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you guys are the key to it all. So that's great. Thank you. <laughs> we can't do it without y'all. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's, it's, a good, it's a good process. Yeah. So you, I mean, you've said bringing family together is the reason you design home. So, you know, that's, it sets the stage for memories. Can you explain this and how are you doing this? Uh, You've you've done your research. I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, it kind of speaks to my heart. You know, if you can, if you think back to the things that you enjoy as a child, you have some pretty vivid memories in there, maybe being at your grandparents' house or being at the lake it's grown up or, you know, whatever it may be, where your happy spot is. And a lot of us don't realize that we try to replicate that moving mm-hmm. forward. And it's not so much that you, we have a wonderful client who, um, it was one of our most favorite jobs and she wanted to reproduce her grandmother's avocado colored range because from the 60s and 70s, that's what she remembers, and probably 50s and 60s, honestly. Yeah, that's cool. what she remembered. That was her happy moment. Those were her good times. That was her little happy spot. And I remember being like, oh, okay, Michelle, we can't, I don't think we can pull off. I mean, we could if you really wanted to. You're kind of marrying yourself to a particular color range, but maybe let's look at some other options that still look old, but maybe aren't avocado, you know? <laughs> but um, nothing's wrong with that color. It's a good color, but it just, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to work around sometimes. So, um, but that was her happy spot. So I think if we can take into context that we are molding, you know, families' memories for the forever. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's what's passed down. That's the tradition. That's the, it's the happy spot. Um, it kind of puts a lot of, a lot of emphasis on what you do and what I did. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, we're creating that environment. We're creating that atmosphere where memories are going to be made, whether they're good ones or they're, um, not so good ones or whatever it may be, you know, it's a place of comfort and um, it's what these children are going to remember. It's what these parents are going to take with them forever. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a good part of um, 
you know, it needs to look like what they want it to look like. It needs to feel the way that they want it to feel because it goes, it digs into something deep. I mean, it digs into uh, your emotions and your memories and it's a sense of love that it's wrapped in. And so to be able to reproduce something like that or something that they can take with them, I mean, it's an honor. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's that right there. I mean, that's right there. What you just said, I could see your passion behind it too, big time. I mean, that's you're you're truly our passion and that's amazing. Cause I mean, growing up, I mean, even us as kids too, I mean, you still remember like the how, first house you were in, sure. you know, yeah. growing up as a yeah. kid, you like with me, I remember the fireplace. I remember certain yeah. aspects about it. And mm-hmm. I mean, what you just said is spot on. I mean, you are creating those memories, yeah. uh, you know, for a long, long time for a lot of people too. So that's pretty yeah. amazing. That's how you remember Christmas, how you remember Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, just those sentimental things that you can't, you can't replace. You can't, um, it's it just, it's a good, it's a good feel. It's a feel good, you know, mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool to get to. And, you know, I mean, I feel that, I mean, I've got three children, so it's important to me that when I wake up, I remember, you know what? I did that nursery exactly like I pictured it. Because you don't do it again. You don't get a second chance at this, you know? So at some point, they get out of that crib and it's, I'm not having it anymore. So no, I'm not doing it. I mean, yes, I'm doing it for them. They want to have a sweet room, but these are my memories too. Mm-hmm. You know? And I want to think that, gosh, when I got to have, you know, that baby, this is this is what it looked like. And this is what it felt like. And this is where our Christmas tree was. And that's all you get. You know, you can't take any of this stuff with you. You just get those little memories left, and that's what that's what life's built around. So mm-hmm. we get to be a part of that, then I think we've like won the, won the lottery. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. See, and then you getting the satisfaction of helping these people create oh my memories. Gosh, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's how I mean that just shows true like how much you care too. Because I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I wanted you on. That's why I'm having a person like you on this show too, just because you do truly care and you do truly have a passion for what you do in your career too. And it shows, I mean, that answer right there was awesome. No, you're sweet. (laughs) Making people happy. It's seeing joy on people's faces. Yeah. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So getting into the building and, you know, like we talked about, uh, we both know how important the designer's role is in the build process. You handle so much more than people even realize you truly are the leader in the process and have to guide everyone from start to finish. What are you personally doing to make this process go smoother with everyone as far as, you know, the architect, the builder, the client? Because, I mean, you are, like I said, the center of everything. You're communicating with us. You're communicating with the architect. You're communicating with the client. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. <laughs> you guys have a very big role in this as well. Yes. So yes. Words, but, um, you know, it's funny. We come at this typically as... We're, we're almost a group of just women. We have a couple, couple of sweet guys in here that help us out too. But and we have to be very respectful because we don't ever want to step on anybody's toes. You know, often the architect, you know, is, has a lot of passion in what he's put forward. Um, and you guys are trying to produce it the best way you can, as quickly as you can, and keep the client happy at a good price point. And we're here to make sure that the interiors talk to the outside and talk to the client. And I've given you all the details you need to build, that kind of thing. Um, so I think when we come into a job, we're typically we have some architects that we've worked with in the past. That's great. But our jobs are kind of all over the country. Mm-hmm. So we generally have a new builder. Um, I think we might have gotten to work with the same builder. I can think of one project where we send builder twice, um, which is always great because you already have that relationship, but yeah. you know, you have to kind of learn um, just, it's, it's like a new friendship. You're learning their, their quirks and how they work and how well they communicate and how well they don't communicate and um, you know, where client expectations are and, I mean, just recently on a project, we have a client going, oh my gosh, why, why is this taking so long? And and the builders got questions and the builders emailing everybody and nobody's answering. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to play in charge here for a moment. I said, I don't, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I'm not trying to make anybody comfortable. This is not, it's not totally me that needs to say, hey, 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 listen to me. But we got to start having a weekly conference call because if nobody else is going to call it, I'm going to call it because mm-hmm. you as a client want this to go quicker and it should be going quicker and a little bit more quickly and it just needs to happen. So, um, so we just, sometimes we have to just kind of say, Hey, not trying to, you know, take anything away from an architect ego, not that they all have some, some of them should have one. They're good at that. Um, you know, or not to set a builder and make sure that he thinks that we're trying to take over because we're not, we're just trying to make sure he's happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming into the scene sometimes, um, 
being a female and we get the blonde hair jokes often because we often have a lot of blonde heads in here. Um, you know, they kind of go, okay, who are you? You know, what kind of design are you doing? But I think they figure out pretty quickly that we have our stuff together and we're very organized and we're here to product and selections ready before you ever even need them. And so that as long as we know a schedule from the builder, then we can knock it out and be on time and be ready to go. But if we don't communicate, then we don't have a schedule and we don't know what we're doing. So um, I think we carry a good bit of value when we can just say, hey, this is how we know we know how to work and we're here to help everybody. We're here to make this easy and fast. And if, if that requires us being the secretary, then we can do that because we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, if that requires us, you know, making site visits once a month, we can do that too. We just need to know what's expected up front. Um, okay. I often tell clients, you know, we can, we bill a multitude of ways. Mm-hmm. And as silly as it sounds, if we're doing a ground up construction or a renovation project before we ever even get to furniture, that's a whole nother ballgame. And um, if we do just the building process, your hourly fee or your square footage fee really depends on who your team is. And so I know that sounds kind of silly, but we need to see your plans. I need to know who your architect is, maybe talk to him and see what level of detail he's planning on providing. You know, is, is he going to give you an electrical plan? Is he going to give you cabinet elevations? Is he going to elevate, you know, your wall, your interior walls that are focal points? How much work is he going to give you? And then I need to talk to your builder too and make sure he's got a really good project manager that's on site. Mm-hmm. How often does he plan to be there? And is he cool with me talking to his cabinet guy or do I need to go through him directly? You know, just all those logistical questions start to add up very quickly. And often where a client thinks that they may cut a corner and use a less expensive builder, our fee goes up mm-hmm. because that means we're now secretary. We're now handling a lot of the job, which is fine. We're capable of it and we're happy to do it, but we just need to know coming into it, mm-hmm. how much time it's going to take. Yeah. yeah, and it's setting that expectation. It is all a team. It is a big team. And the second that one of those team members kind of falls short, it, it doesn't it doesn't work out as well as it should. So as you know, you know, it just it oh, takes yeah. all three of us to communicate very well with the client too. And mm-hmm. then um then we can produce a really good product. Oh, yeah. Well, it's such a huge process too, but it's like you said earlier, it's definitely setting that expectation with the builder right off the bat too, because I mean, if you tell them, okay, here's how I'm going to handle it. I'm going to do this walkthrough work. Cause I mean, that's the thing with architects and, and architects are great, but mm-hmm. you know, something on paper is different than reality. Mm-hmm. And I always say that too. So you're walking on site. Most architects don't even go on site. They never see what they draw. Yeah. you know, and, and so when you're walking, and that's where you come in and we come in too, is we're walking through, we got to make sure there's uh, LED can lights in certain areas, or if you have yeah. art, you know, going on the wall, you need lighting for that, or you and, blocking behind there, or, you yeah. know, any of those kind of things. Yeah, well, you have to, if you I tell clients often, we need to start this process with you when it's on paper. Yeah, not after it's rocked because you're going to be paying to redo, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, if you can, you know, it's just, if you can be thoughtful about it, then, then it works well. Yeah. And that's where you benefit too, is because you obviously being able, you knowing the construction process and then you knowing the plans too, you can go through those plans prior, which is going to save them money because they're yeah. not cutting through the drywall and cut, you know. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Yes. So having somebody knowledgeable like yourself too, and then the communication, like you said, communication with everybody, everybody sitting down and saying, all right, here's what needs to happen with this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. and we're going to build this. And then everything works a lot smoother. And I think it helps clients too, especially those that don't totally, maybe haven't ever done this before. It's funny. And I'm sure you've seen this often. They come to you and go, I want my paint color picked out. So I'm like, you haven't picked out your flooring. Yeah. You got your tile. Like paint is the last thing we get to in terms of selections because it all plays together. So mm-hmm. we try to lay out for them. Hey, in this meeting, we're going to discuss these five things. Then, and in the next meeting, these are the next three things we discuss. So that they know, hey, we're going to talk about door hardware. It's coming. It's just not yet. You know, paint's coming. We're not forgetting it. It's going to happen. You just have to kind of you're putting the cart before the horse. You've got to do it in an order. It's like building the foundation of a house. You're not going to pick out your windows before you pour the you know the foundation. Yeah. So, um, they they sometimes just need to be um, enlightened on the process. Yeah, guided a lot. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Um, So as far as you, you've grown pretty fast um, over the past few years. Uh, Obviously, you're all over the country now. What are you doing to stand out from the rest of the interior designers in your area? And what should people take notice of when choosing an interior designer? 
like yeah, yourself? Loaded. That's a loaded question here. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Um, you know, I think we're really open-minded. I don't know that we stand out any differently than, than anybody else. There, there's so many. And I just, I love their personality. And I think if I could be in the client position, there's like five or six that I would choose just to come and help me for fun. Um, so I don't know that we stand out necessarily in, in a specific way. I think we're, we're eager to please. I think we're really easy to work with. Um, we're, I tell every client when we hop on the phone with them, yes, we have a contract that we work from, but it is made as a set of guidelines to get us to a good result. Um, you know, everyone, everyone's needs are so different, whether it's ground up construction or renovation or just furniture or it's, hey, I need a powder bath, wall covering and flooring and a sink picked out real quick. We're capable of all of it. Um, it's so we kind of mold our system to fit what they need. Um, we're, I'm probably too laid back to a fault. So, um, I think with three children and a crazy husband, you have no choice but to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I think, I think we may stand out in a little bit and that just, we're, I think we're fun. I think we're fun and it's easy. Um, we care, we care a lot and, and we enjoy what we do. So I, I think that makes us a little bit different in terms of style. Um, I think we're versatile. I think we're pretty versatile. Uh, I think, you know, like I said, if you have an old piece or you want a more modern aesthetic, I think we can pull off mm-hmm. um, just about any look really, really well. Um, it just requires some extra thought. Now, you know, I think in my spaces, particular, like from my own personal home, or you think you'll probably see them in a lot of client homes too, we really strive to make sure that that this space is livable. Mm-hmm. Um and then we, we have three children and a dog and muddy shoes and I like yeah. to drink coffee and I like my glass of red wine at night, you know, those kind of things. So we try to make sure that we're using performance fabrics or some antique pieces that are already beat up a little bit. So when my three-year-old decides that she's going to color on that one too, then it's okay. You know, you're going to beat it up a little bit anyway. And, you know, I want people to walk into a home and have a hospitable environment and feel like they can sit down. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than being able to tell your kids, don't go in that room. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Like they live here too. And at the moment I'm outnumbered. So there's more of them. than <laughs> So it's more their house than it is mine at the moment. Um, so, you know, I want you to be able to walk in and feel like it's a comfortable place that you, you feel loved and you feel like you could take your shoes off if you wanted to. And if you spilled your glass of red wine, guess what? It's a slip cover or it's a treated fabric and it's not the end of the world. There's nothing worse in my book than fussing at a baby or fussing at somebody because something happened. I mean, I'm the one capable of spilling my coffee more than anybody else, you know? So it's, it just, you got, you, it's, this, you get this one time, you this one time. There's just no sense in fussing about things. Yeah. And there's no sense of being uptight about stuff. Now, yes, we can produce a very formal environment. If that's what you want, but I don't know who's going to want to go sit in there. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we're different in that matter. We, have, we provide very livable spaces, I hope. Um, and we hopefully we're fun to work with and we have good relationships. Well, see what I just keyed in on there too, is that you actually listen and you ask the right questions, which is so important in any business too. I mean, but you're asking, I mean, do you have the kids? Do you drink coffee? Do you, you know, mm-hmm. the one, are you, do you like your glass of red wine at night? Mm-hmm. You asking those initial questions, which not a lot of people would is what sets mm-hmm. you apart too. That's yeah. you. What's big. You got to live in there. You know, I want to yeah. know at night, when you go to watch TV, do you have all three kids in your lap? Like, you know, what's the dynamic? Where does dad sit? How does he like to lay down and watch TV? You know, what, what needs to go in your nightstand? You have tons of magazines that are like I do that are stacked on the floor because I, I haven't read them yet. You know, those kind of things. <laughs> How do you live? Where do you drop your keys when you walk in the door? All the, I mean, we're doing this for the client. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for yeah. them. So I got to know how you want to function in here. And we can be as overly detailed as you want us to be. Or, or we can just make it look pretty, you know, either way. But if we're doing it, let's do it intentionally. Mm-hmm. See, that's just like you said. I mean, it's like in any business too. Like I do real estate also. And it's like your initial consultation. Not a lot of realtors ask the right questions. Even in building too. Not a lot of builders ask the right questions. So what exactly are you looking for? And then they go back and forth on plans for, you know, more than it should be instead of mm-hmm. listening. Sure. You know, you know, and yeah. listening to the customer, they do what they want or, you know, the realtor and, and they'll take them to 12 houses instead of the two that they should just narrow it down to. And by that, sure. you know, the person seeing stars, you know, they don't even remember what houses they looked at. Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know that. Mm-hmm, that's huge. Um, 
I always discuss quality with everybody on my show, no matter what business you're in. I mean, I've interviewed AC guys, I've interviewed uh, other interior designers, builders, um, insurance people. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of different people, but quality does matter as we know. Um, you cannot skimp cut corners. What materials are you using or things are you doing to stand out from the rest of the competition? Is there certain furniture you use? Is there certain other materials that are better that you're thinking or? I think it's all about just being knowledgeable, you know, about knowing whether in the, in the building process, you know, there's now a treatment you can put on marble that keeps it from staining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knowing about performance fabrics that some clients don't have any clue that you can actually put Sharpie on something and get it out with water, you know, those kind of things. So I think it's a lot of it's being knowledgeable about what is on what's available um, and being able to guide them towards their lifestyle. So that, which gives them a better quality. So we have a you know, multitude of lines that we pull from. I often tell people, you know, when we're playing the budget game <clears throat> for furniture purposes, we don't have to have the top of the line, everything, you know, you can pull a counter stool that might cost you 400 bucks, but get a sofa that costs about $6,000. You know, we can, you can mix a little bit because it helps bring the formality down. And then it's a little bit more comfortable space. And I, I'm not above, you know, a target pillow if we need to go there for a minute. You know, we can totally pull that off. Now, we might need to put a better one next to it just to bring that one up a little bit. But nothing's wrong with that. You know, it's okay. This is real life. You can mix it up a little bit. So I think I think quality, as long as everyone goes into it knowing, hey, um, you know, this is a lesser grade thing. It's It's a small accessory. If you get tired of it in two years, put it in the trash can. You know, we try to make sure that your bigger investment pieces, if you're buying a sofa or an armoire or, you know, a larger ticket item, that those pieces will last you a good long time. And and two, and what you cover them in, that it's, um, that it's kind of generally neutral. It's not, I'm not going to give you a lime green sofa that you're going to get tired of lime green in in, in three weeks. Maybe a lime green pillow that you can chunk if you want to later on. But (laughs) we try to keep the, the decisions timeless, um, which is a little different than quality, but I think it lasts you a longer time. So mm-hmm. um, you know, there's tons of lines we pull from. Like I said, I love antique pieces because you can live on them. Yeah. And if it gets dinged up a little bit, it's okay. And you can put a, an old piece next to a lucite piece and you're mixing a little bit of modern today with an acknowledgement of the past and, and make it work. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. You don't have to have all of one or all of the other. I think spaces stay more timeless when you can mix a little bit of a trendy with a little bit of an acknowledgement of the past. Um, and still have a slip covered sofa and be very livable. It works mm-hmm. all the way around. So I think I'm not totally nailing quality, but I think. Um, I see, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. The level of which you, mm-hmm. you know, design something helps it last longer. Well, it's, yeah, because it's quality in, in interior design could be that timeless feel because then you're not disposing of something within, you know, two years because yeah, enough, something, it. something else came in trendy and stuff. If you set that timeless design that they're going to have in that home for that, that'll be timeless and the tr- it stays with the trends and so on, mm-hmm. that's you giving them the quality of your design too. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. Even if it's a target pillow. Yeah. Even if and nothing's wrong with target, we love some target, but um, you know, every now and and then you can mix a little bit of a, a great inexpensive find with something that's really classic still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Um, so a big question here, let's talk design trends. So what are your current trends and where do you see design going in the future? Mm-hmm. That's a loaded question too. Um, <laughs> let's see, you know, I think we, this is such a cliche answer. I think we try to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Anything that we do, I mean, the, you know, what the new color is or, what the new, um, you know, the kind of the new mid-century modern look is or whatever it may be. And I think you always want to introduce something that's on trend into a space so that it feels very current. Mm-hmm. But like I said a minute ago, you need to really kind of acknowledge the flip side too. So when that when that trend is over with, you're not going, well, okay, that's out now. Let's just get rid of this and start over again, you know, kind of thing. So for us, I think, you know, we, we love, you know, it's hard for even me to do my own house sometimes because we're exposed to so many different fun things that I'm probably my own worst client because it's difficult to, um, <laughs> it's difficult to keep me very content with the same thing. So, yeah. um, but you know, I think we pay a lot of attention to what the new color is and what the new, um, you know, fun lighting details are a great, just great new, new lines. Um, 
I don't know. There's a specific thing I would gravitate towards because there's we kind of run the gamut on all of it. What's but the color? What's the color right now? I think the color this past year was more of like a coral tone. Okay, and, and that's great. It's great, but mm-hmm. um, it, we try to use it in small amounts for the same reason. I mean, this is going to sound silly, but we just we just finished a beach house down in, um, in St. George Island, and we are reef, we're reframing some of it to um, uh, to just bring more current. And all of the matting is like a navy blue and a, like a peachy color from straight out of 1982. And, you know, the art's great, but just don't mat it. Don't frame it out in something that is so specific. You know, like I said, put that in, you know, smaller detail. So, um, you know, we, I don't want to say like we're not on trend because I feel like we're very, we acknowledge it, but we try not to be married. No, it's it's like you said, as you try, try and lean, a good designer leans towards that timeless look. So you're going to hit the trends here and there, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, and, mm-hmm. but you're also going to give your timeless effect into it. So it's not totally trendy, yeah. you know. I hate to think that you're going to spend, you know, $10,000 on a, a great, really funky, whatever piece. And then in two years, you're like, why did I do that? Yeah. You know, so if we can put in the smaller things, if you want to get rid of them, get rid of them. Not a big deal. But your bigger pieces need to stay a little bit more classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So as far as, um, let's say, cabinets, what are you seeing as far as the trend in that right now? White, mm. bright white. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's the, I, I think that's that's a given. That's always a, a, a classic <laughs> one. Um, we, I'd love to see clients be a little bit more creative there. You know, this mm-hmm. is, but it's just paint. You know, it's just paint. Yeah. Change it. You can change it. So if we can offset an island a little bit or offset, um, you know, I love a little reeded detail. I think it's on the details. And those mm-hmm. details, in my opinion, stay classic no matter what. It's just being intentional with how things are placed. Um, so whether your upper drawers have more of a flat panel and the bottom ones have, you know, nice little nice little beaded detail around them or the love the reeded look. Um and how you design an island is fun. I love the waterfall edges of countertops and specific situations are always just a little different way of doing stone. Um, I could go on and on and on. I love, I love marking up um, cabinet elevations because you get to be really creative. Mm-hmm. Put it apart. As far as flooring, let's go into that one. What are you seeing more of the, I know the natural stones were there for a little bit, but now you can do so many man-made stones and stuff yeah. or man-made, I shouldn't say stones, but man-made floor material that, you know, I've, I've seen that. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, cause where we're at now, we're kind of seeing, I mean, it's been very kind of coastal kind of look down here. Obviously we're sure. on an Island beachy people like mm-hmm. that blues, greens, yeah. uh, neutral, t- you know, and now we're seeing it's kind of shifting into that coastal contemporary look, contemporary clean lines inside. I mean, we're doing a model home now um, that, you know, we have the cloud ceilings with the LED lighting yeah. going through the ceilings. The cabinets are kind of have a sheen to them. They're flat, but, you know, white in the back and then a brown eye, big giant brown eye, lots of quartz. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty yeah. end too. So what do you see as far as flooring? What are you seeing in that trend? We, you know, we kind of run the gamut there too. Um, we love pavers, love mm-hmm. pavers for sure. Obviously, always love a good, good wood floor. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong there. No matter what, we even put them in bathrooms often, and it feels mm-hmm. very, stays very timeless. Um, I think I tend to lean more towards mm-hmm. the, you know, the old school subway is always great. It's been around mm-hmm. for many years. It's going to be around for a million more years. Mm-hmm. Um, a little over the ship lap look. I think that's. <laughs> HGTV special. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't be wrong. It had it, it had its time, but I think it's it's a little over. Um, mm-hmm. I think in certain applications it can still be, you know, plank ceiling can still be pretty, those kind of things, but I think it's gonna be one of those you know fads that everyone's like, oh my gosh, get it out of here in about mm-hmm. five years. So um you know, love papers, love penny little penny rounds are always fun. I love the old school hex, love a marble. Um, we just did a house with a great marble hex floor, which is beautiful. That's Not awesome. a huge fan of like the wood lookalike tile because because yeah. it's a lookalike. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, it, it could be fun in the right application, but I think if you're trying to create a, something the, that you're not going to change later on, or it's not going to go out of style, let's just do the real deal. Yeah, because some of it does look real. It just depends. I mean, you have to spend a more money to get the real wood look. And there's plenty of wood out there that is so overly treated. Yeah. It can withstand a hurricane and your house having, you know, floodwaters up to like three feet and the wood's still going to be okay. And it's real wood. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's lots of ways. I think it's just the knowledge of knowing the products, knowing what you can get, knowing what the price point is, and going from there. Yeah, exactly. As far as future, what are you seeing? What are you thinking? Hmm. Take a nap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> as far uh, as the future trends. <laughs> um, future trends. Let's see. Um, where do you see where do you see design going in let's say the next five years? Ooh, I think it's I think it's getting a little bit more streamlined. I think it's getting a little bit more straight line, a little bit more um, I don't think modern is the correct word for it, but a little bit more um, mid-century modern I, I think a little bit I think that's I think it's a bigger you know I think it, it comes back around always so I think there's yeah. a different take on it yeah exactly um but the clean lines I think are becoming a little bit more popular for sure mm-hmm. and I think color's coming back in a really really big way too which is so fun to see yeah that's what I like a little bit more um you know less conservative with the amount of color they spend you put you know put towards their house and so I think color's coming back in a good way um, we prefer to see it mostly in paint because it's something that you're not tearing up a floor to re- you know, mm. re- later on. And it gives us the opportunity to do, you know, a real cool base mold or a real cool, um, you know, trim out the windows in different color. It allows us to be creative and intentional and impactful um, with paint, which is really fun. Awesome. So big question here. And I know you kind of shift you said time, you go with timeless things and so on. And you kind of go with different, you can make everything work. I mean, that's a, what a good interior designer does, but what about you? What elements define your style and what's your, what, where do you find your inspiration in interior design? I love, um, I think if you can travel, mm. if you travel, you come home with a whole different appreciation for what you're exposed to daily. Um, we've done a couple shopping trips in Europe and mm-hmm. you just, even if we went over there and came back with nothing, the visual inspiration is enough that mm-hmm. just the expense. Um, so just, I think it's being exposed to different ways people have done things and um, acknowledging the past, you know, it all comes back around. Yeah. Um, you know, being a, be able to appreciate different metals, different, different textures, different ways that people have incorporated, you know, whether it's a driveway detail or it's a front door knocker, you know, all the fun, a great, great shutter. The things in Europe are, have been around for a gazillion years, a lot longer than they have in America, obviously. And they still look really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think I would encourage anybody just for inspiration purposes to get out of the, your, the norm and open your eyes to some great architecture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, the stuff you're seeing there is now just coming over here, which is kind of unbelievable. Mm-hmm. unbelievable. Well, but it's been over there too for so long. You know, yeah. we try to reproduce their, their 1600s, you know, beams and their ceiling. Yes, we can make it look similar, but you can't be the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, talking about like how it all circles back around, I've said this before. It's just funny to me how, you know, like I, I always say this back in the nineties, my dad had like brass faucets and he took them off the sink. Um, I think 2000 something or whatever, when the trench, but he, he kept them. And I was like, why are you keeping, you know, he's like, Oh, it'll come back around. And yeah. I never, never believed them. And then they, they came back in style. I don't know how long ago that was, but uh, and he said it, he goes, told you. And I was like, please don't put those back on, you know, <laughs> but it's just funny because, you know, it does circle, everything circles back around. We got Chrome, then you got, you go to the brass and then you go, you know, it's just, it's funny how it all works out. And people have their mental, their mental, um, you know, minds made up of certain trends. Like it's funny, I was trying to tell my mom to put a grass cloth in her foyer, you know, several years ago. She was like, uh, that is so out. I could never do that. <laughs> that was in the sixties. That is not cool. And I'm like, no, you just think it's not cool anymore, but it's back. It's back. Yeah, yeah. She's got her mind made up, but that's just, that was so out. And so it goes back to those memories. You know, you remember, Hey, that was way back then. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that now, but it does. It all comes back around. It mm-hmm. does. Exactly. Keeping it timeless is important. Yeah. Yeah. Important. Big time. Like you said. Um, so what do you find most challenging about designing a home? Um, let me be really honest. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's the, the, we have a difficult. Is it the customers? Is well, it, the, you know, we have to, it's my husband's job is so not easy, but his business model is one plus one equals two. It's very easy to explain. Ours is, um, here's some pictures 
do you, do you like me as a person? I'm going to listen to you. I promise you'll produce what you like. Mm-hmm. It might take it a year to get built and then we'll do furniture in it. So um, what's your budget? Great. Now give me at least half of that now and I'll produce what you can't see in your mind because you can't visualize it yet mm-hmm. as a client, but I can. And I promise you'll produce it in a year to two years, whatever our timeline for the products. We do a lot of making sure everybody's happy and everybody's okay. And that um, it's going to be beautiful. And we're answering, you know, every concern question. So I wish we could just say, Hey, it is such an easy business model. This is so clean yeah. and clear and say, this is it. But there's a lot of coddling, which we enjoy. I mean, it's part of the process and we enjoy the relationship, but it would be so easy if I could say, this is what it's going to look like. In exactly two years, when you're done with the architect and building it and having it furnished and it's done, this is it. Um, but it's not. No, no. It's it's, and it's, you know, it changes proportion and scale and balance, all the things that um, you can't relay in an image. You can't relay. Um, we'll do our best to explain it to them. But there's so much trust there that at some point they just have to kind of let go. And that's that's difficult to do. And it's difficult to do for some particular clients more than others. Um yeah, because I mean it's such a big investment too. But they have done, yeah. In- and I would say the best projects, once I've turned out the best, are those the client has just released control. Mm-hmm. The client is the happiest. Um, the job looks the best. It's the job that gets published. Are the clients that just say, "Okay, I trust you." Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if for some crazy reason we get it installed and they're not over the moon excited about it, we will change it. We will get it right. But the, it's the go-between back and forth that begins to limit creativity, which limits the reason why they hired us to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of, the, because of the process. I mean, it's, it's like we talked about. It's, it's, it's a tough process. I mean, you being – it's a home. I mean, a build, building a home is – it's not just like you're buying a – you know, buying a car can be a process too. But, I mean, this is a house. So, Absolutely. I mean, there's so many different things and elements that go into it. And that's why where you come in is you have to pull all that together. I mean, in I don't know how many rooms. I mean, that's what's crazy about it too. It's not just one room. It's yeah, every it's room. And every room is different too. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I got to pull this color and this color into this because the carpet's this or this, the bed. When they, the rooms function differently. You know, they all have a different purpose. So, um, you know, whether you're designing for an eight-year-old little boy or, you know, a 65-year-old couple, it, it makes, they have different needs. So mm-hmm. it is, it's, it, and it's, a, it's a very big trust thing, a very big trust thing. And, um, a struggle that we have often is trying to figure out who's wearing what hat. Like the client may want to go purchase their, you know, 10 things that they want to go purchase. And that's great. But I can't design around the room until I know what that piece is. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be on a schedule of you're going to execute this by the state. And because we can't start because it all plays together. I often tell clients it's like getting dressed to go to the prom. Like you're not going to pick out your dress last. You yeah. pick it first. And then you pick out your shoes and then you pick out your jewelry and then you figure out your, where your hair and then you pick out, you know, you pick out your lipstick color, but you don't, you don't start with your shoes. Yeah. yeah. It makes a much more difficult process yeah. and, and you don't want to do it. You can't install halfway because you can't put an old sofa in a new room. It looks worse than the, than, than the old room looked, you know, all put together. So anyway, it's, it's about, it's about scheduling and expectations and knowing really what comes first and how to build the space around it. Yeah, and there's that key word right there, expectation, setting them front, mm-hmm. up front too. Because I'm so big on that too, because in the building industry, I have to be. I mean, we have to, in me doing real estate, when I find somebody a, a lot to build mm-hmm. on, you know, I set that expectation right there. And I mm-hmm. tell them, well, this one's low on dirt. This one needs a new seawall. This one need, you know, yeah. and you set it there. And then you said, then you go to the building process. All right, this is what's going to happen here because mm-hmm. we do pilings down here. So you're going to have to drive pilings. That's going to be, it could be a cost here. So it's just, if you let them know ahead of hand, there's no arguments later on. It's Damage less ahead of, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it makes for everybody be happy then, you know, mm-hmm. I've told every client, I don't like surprises, good ones or bad ones. Yeah. So um, let's lay this all out on the table up front. And if, if we don't, if, you know, if this, if we're not the perfect fit for you, that's okay. We don't have to be, you know, we are a full service team. And if it, if you don't see a value in that in the beginning of the end, then that is perfectly fine. Hmm. We've got people to do and that's okay. You know, well, we can find someone else that you might like instead of us, which is cool too. But we, we take it from the very beginning to the very end, because that's the only way that we can ensure that it's executed the way that you want it to be executed. 
If we're at a 50% mark, then I cannot tell you in our beginning conversations that your expectations are going to come, you know, be proven correct. Hmm. Unless we get to carry this from the very beginning to the very, very end. Um, I don't know how it's going to turn out. So we, we kind of say we're happy to play with you. We always want to work with new fun people, but if we don't do it this way, we're setting ourselves up for disaster. So, um, you know, you've got to kind of lay it out a little bit yeah. and you need to make sure that it's, it's damage control. It's expectation. That's it. Well, it's, it's, I want to make sure that end of this, we're all still have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, and I always say this too, is we're not meant to work with everybody, even though in business we all want to, and we want every customer and we want, you know, to help everybody we can, but you're not going to get everybody. And I mean, the people, that's what I've gotten better at too. Um, I've actually learned this from one of my mentors is even if you don't uh, work with that person still, you know, after the initial meeting, say they go with somebody, even if they go with another builder with me, I'll still write them, handwrite them a letter and I'll still send them the letter saying, Hey, thank you for your time. I wish you the best in your construction. If you need anything, give me a call. I'm still here to help any way I can. And that goes a long way because if they have that bad experience with that other designer or builder or realtor, you know, who are they going to recommend, you know, or who are they going to, they're going to, that's just future and playing the long term too. At the end of the day, I think, you know, in your industry and in ours, we're here to make it better for them. And that's Mm -hmm. our goal. We're here to make this a good process, produce something great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether they choose us or choose somebody else, we still want the best for that for what they're what they're after you know what mm-hmm. the best totally so um i think hospitality goes a long way no matter how you look at it yeah and that's why i started this podcast too because i was kind of tired of the you know them going based on price or going with that bad builder or that other realtor that doesn't do anything because it's bringing people on like you that actually care you know yeah. and bringing people together that actually care and to teach these people that there is people that care we may not be the cheapest but, you know, we're not the most expensive, but we put in a lot of work to help you and guide you throughout these big processes. We're doing it. It's not, I've told every client, it's not about the money. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, I have to feed three children. But yeah. I've told people always, I, I would pay you to let me do this. I have so much fun doing it. Yeah. And it's so rewarding to see the client get excited about something and to think that you're building the space for them forever. And mm-hmm. that's, that's payment enough for me most of the time. And then my husband reminds me that we have to eat too. But, um, but you know, it's, 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 there's a joy that comes with it. And I don't know that you find that with everybody. Um, I think that you do, but it's not about dollars and cents. We're to a point that we can pick and choose our clients, um, as we want to, which is a a wonderful place to be. Um, and if we have that kind of, you know, if they don't see a value in what we bring to the table, that's okay. Mm -hmm. The next person might. So, um, you know, hate it for them and hate it for us, but it's okay. Yeah. Well, I've said that too. I've actually, I've posted on my social media about it. It, when you do say it's not about the money, I mean, most people will roll their eyes, but if you do truly have a passion for what you do, which yeah. everybody I've brought on the show, you know, on my show here has, and I can tell with you, you truly do. It's not about the money. Yeah. The money's nice. You know, obviously we all have to make a living. Everybody does, but I'm doing what I do because I want to help people. I want to do it the right way. And teach people what the right way is, just like you're doing. You want to help them. You want to guide them. You want to, you know, help. That's why you do what you do to guide them through the process. It's, it's, it's a hard, hard process that people don't really, they need to think deeper into it and research more into it too. Cause I mean, when times are good, we all know, I mean, it's just everybody, everybody gets into these businesses and becomes an interior designer or they become a builder because they think they're going to make lots of money doing it. And it's just the inexperience and so on. And it ends up hurting a lot of people because they go with that cheaper builder or, you know, so that's why I'm so passionate about this too, just like you are. So um, going on that topic too, this is huge with me. Let's talk price because um, no matter what industry you are in, uh, it, it always comes up with customers. What should customers know up front when discussing price or pricing structure with an interior designer? And how do you prioritize when planning a budget with them? Ooh, um, there's so many levels of it. Um, we bill based for construction purposes. Typically, a quick, easy way to do it is by the square foot. 
And that price really ranges, like I was saying earlier, based on who the team is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to kind of leave it that vague, but but it is because yeah. it really depends on who are the team players with us, and then we can figure out how to how to kind of back into a price. Um, for furniture purposes, um, for furniture purposes, it really depends on what the scope of work is. Um, how much is that client bringing to the table in terms of? Are we going through a whole storage room? Are we starting fresh? Um, you know, do you have just a certain amount? Of, it's how many how many vendors do we have to chase to get you the product that you need to get the look that you want to have? Um, as silly as it sounds, but so it, it varies for everybody. We keep up with our time hourly because we have to to make sure that we're justifying what we're doing. Um, so we have I have lots of project managers in here that help me get my act together, and make sure I'm doing my part of this correctly. Um, and so we we bill hourly. Um, it ranges between 125 and 150 an hour typically. But like I said, I don't like surprises, good or bad. So we mm-hmm. try to be able to give a client um, a pretty detailed view of what to expect based off of their scope of work before they ever totally execute the contract. Um, but we don't know a lot of the information. There's not just a set, hey, we charge $10,000 for a living room. It's not quite that easy. I wish it was, but it's not. Um, you know, sometimes a living room is one seating arrangement. Sometimes it's as big as three. So it just depends on what we're playing with and how many pieces they're bringing to the table. And then for the construction side, it depends on kind of who the team is. Um, you know, a certain amount of square footage, I would say square footage prices could be as low on the construction side as about $5 a square foot mm-hmm. and as high as probably 15 a square foot, depending on what we're doing. Um, you know, how many bathrooms does this house have? How many, um, you know, how many towel elevations are we going to have to pull off? You know, all those kind of yeah. things. So, it's a very vague answer, but it, it often depends on what the scope of work is. Yeah. And it all, that, and that's the thing. I mean, it all depends too. And as far as like, I always go into this question too, how can you make, you know, people choose you, you know, over the cheaper person, you know, like it, cause I'm so big on this too. Cause I deal with it all the time. It's yeah. a lot of work in what we do, you know, yeah. and what you do and planning and so on. Yeah. Unfortunately on the building side, when we're bidding a job, it's a ton of work, but they can go with the other guy that was cheaper. Yeah. So how, $2,000, not by much. I mean, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So we how to say, yeah, we, we try to say that we are, um, are very good at taking everyday materials, but helping a towel guy or the floor guy understand how to install them a touch differently. Okay. So it's not that we're specifying, don't get me wrong, we could specify fabulous materials too. And we do often, but if we need to play the budget game, there are tons of ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can, we can narrow down a couple, you know, maybe we don't do a full, a full, you know, backsplash and marble. Maybe we do a small, small one in a shelf and finish our stuff in towel. And there's lots of ways to be creative about it. It's not, it's not, you know, our way or the highway. We can totally be thoughtful and creative with it. It makes my job more fun. I mean, yeah. seriously, I get to, you know, figure out how to work this puzzle a little bit differently. So I think we're pretty good on our end about taking everyday materials um, and just installing them a little bit differently mm-hmm. and making it a little bit more thoughtful and creative. I think that's something that is a value that we bring to the table for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Great answer. So uh, moving along here, um, I always talk about customer service. Um, so what, what things are you doing, you know, that people should look for as far as customer service with an interior designer, you, you brushed on this a little bit and then off of that too, how are you, let's say after you're done with your interior design, how are you maintaining the long, the long-term relationships with people too? Like, continuing to stay in touch and so on with people after the transaction is over. Cause I, we both know, I mean, in a lot of businesses, it's collect the check, see you later, never talk to them again. So how, how, how are you going about these two things? So let's start with customer service and then we'll go into after the transaction's done. We, even in the interview process in here, when we interview someone, a new employee, the one of the most important things that they need to know is that this is a hospitality industry and it's a luxury industry mm-hmm. that it, communication is the number one role that you have here. Even if it's that, Hey, I mean, I had a, a client yesterday, I was supposed to have furniture pricing to him. And I said, you know what? I've been at two kids Halloween parties all day long today. And I'm not on top of it. I'm not forgetting you. Give me until noon tomorrow and I'll have it over. I'm just sorry. He's like, great. Thanks. Let me know. No big deal. But when you don't let them know and you've missed the deadline, then we're all in trouble. We all look like, you know, we don't have our act together over here. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, it's such an easy word to say, but I really think communication is key. Mm. And as long as someone knows that you have thought of them and that you're on their project, yes, we have 30 other projects going on in here, but you are so important to us. And, you know, we encourage in here that everyone gets an email once a week, even if it's a product that's not installing for six more months and they've paid their deposit and we're ordering their stuff. They need to know, hey, you know, we received your sofa today and it looks great. Just thinking about you. You know, we're all friends with these people. So it's just making sure that they um, that they feel like they're taken care of. That's the biggest part of this. And it's just, it can be as simple as a text message or as simple as a quick email. It just says, hey, we're on it. Just thinking about you. You know, that's it. Um, so communication, communication. Yeah, big time. Yeah. What what about as far as the long term? So after the after you're done with the design and everything, they're moved in. What yeah, we always get so sad because we don't talk to them quite as often. But um, <laughs> but you know, it's I think it's just a quick like you know we'll, when maybe we post their their image on Instagram or yeah. you know whatever it may be, and we're like you know sorry to miss this client. We're just you know send them a quick text message, just you know making sure that you know all is well. We had a client the other day say you know I got sunscreen on my leather chair and what do I do? And it's, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you called us just so that we get to talk to you for a little bit more, you know? So I think it's just knowing that there's a relationship there. We often, you know, we'll send them Christmas cards for sure. And there's a quick email every now and then just, Hey, just making sure, you know, all's well with your son, just checking in, you know, haven't talked to him in a while, you know, whatever it may be. So there's a lot of that. Um, and then as far as, so, do you do a, like any kind of follow-up letters, birthdays, stuff like that with people? Yes, do? yes, yes. Because because we're such fast friends with them. So we know when their birthday is. We know when their kid's birthday yeah, is. Their dog's birthday is. Yes, we know. <laughs> we know all of that stuff. Yeah, so plus you, the relationship with, with them that you have yes, throughout that process. Yes, it's, yes. yeah. And it's, you know, like, it's silly enough. Instagram and Facebook are such beautiful tools because you can really stay connected that way too, even if you're not talking to them daily. There's mm-hmm. a just to still kind of know what's happening in their life and vice versa. So um, it's, it's been helpful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Social media definitely helps. It's huge. So most people don't ask this. I mean, most people just want to know about your past and I'm, I'm big on kind of getting this. It's, it could be a tough question here, but I want to, I want to know about your future. So the question I want to know is what are your plans for the future? Kind of putting you on the spot here, That's okay. That's whether okay. it's with, whether it's with business life, um, where will you see yourself in the future? Who will you be? Hopefully a really good mom, um, a really good wife. Um, this is the first two things that I think, I think that's what gets me into heaven here is making sure I take care of my priorities. Um, but I would love to think that, um, you know, we're about to start a little e-commerce thing. Nobody knows that yet. We're about to start a little online shop, which should be fun. Oh, nice. um, I, I don't, I don't think we're going to go anywhere. I think we're going to sit right here. I don't want to be a big, huge firm. I want to mm-hmm. keep it small and be very intentional. I'd love to have five to six jobs a year and that'd be it. So some of our smaller jobs, we probably need to begin to say no to just because I'd love to maintain. And um, I don't see us conquering the world. I don't want to. I, I want to be able to play mom and um, do what I'm supposed to do for a little bit. And then maybe maybe after all children are gone, um, I still don't want to be big. I still want to be little. <laughs> so I, I think I think that's, I mean, that doesn't sound like a very lofty goals here, but um, no, it's... I want to pay attention to my people and yeah, intentional with what we do over here. Um, so I think, I think we're in a good spot. I think our e-commerce stuff, our little online thing will be fun. It's mm-hmm. a different, a little different spin on, on what we do every day. Uh, we opened a shop um, in the past down at Rosemary beach. That's a big, and that little spot is a big part of my heart. And there's a good chance we do that again. And um, we, we closed it for a moment because, because of just life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that's said often enough, you know, between three babies and a husband and a shop and a, and a interiors business. That's a lot. One of those balls was going to drop. And I think my husband thought it was about to be him. So I was like, okay, we're going to close at the beach for a minute. So um, maybe, maybe that happens again in the future. There's been a little bit of talk about a book at some point, but Lord knows I don't have time for that right now. So um, who knows? I hope, I hope at the end of the day, we're just doing what we do every year and doing it well. And um, we're all smiling and we're all enjoying coming to work. And I have little ones that, um, that are in a good spot and a husband that still likes me. So we'll see. That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound, you know, very, you no, know, that was actually, but that's real life. <laughs> no, that was a really good answer. No, I mean, it's, it's happiness. I mean, if you're happy 
you know, the way you, you're working your business, helping six people a year and really focusing on, because there's only one of you. I mean, you can train people and do, you know, add core values, everything into life and your business and everything, but they're still not you. And that's, that's a thing. So that would, no, that was a really good answer too. Um, final question that I ask everybody, what exactly do people need to look for when hiring an interior designer and why should they choose Ashley Gilbreth interior design as their designer of choice? Um, I think do some, some digging when you're looking for someone to make sure that, um, that you, that you're similar. Mm-hmm. So that your values are in the same place. Um, you know, we love people. We love people a lot. And, and, you know, we're in an industry that it's not one plus one equals two. It's there may be expectations that are out there that, you know, that I have or that the client has that aren't the same. And we don't know that going into it. And so there's, I hate to say there's, there's not tension in this industry, but there's ups and downs and expectations. And, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're dealing with people that are happy and that are eager to please and that, um, don't flip out easily, you know, goodness gracious, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. You know, nobody, nobody likes confrontation. And so let's make it, if you're going to have one, cause that's real life that happens. Uh, let's make it be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think just as silly as it sounds, I think the relationship matters. Um, make sure they're talented, make sure they know what they're doing. They have a good team to support them, um, that they have executed jobs in the past. Well, that they're knowledgeable, all those kind of common sense things mm-hmm. really matter. But down, way down deep, their relationship is important because you have to make sure that you have similarities with the builder, with the, um, no, you don't have to like all like the same restaurant. I don't mean like that, but, you know, make sure that you're handling um, real life in a similar, in a similar way. Make sure that your beliefs and your morals line up. And I think, I think as long as you're dealing with someone that's honest and intentional and, um, I'd love to say that they're that they're a Christian and that they have their morals in the same place, those kind of things, then then um you can ensure a pretty good result. So I think just make sure that you're you're on the good same page with somebody. Amen to that. That was a great okay. answer. <laughs> <laughs> I I really appreciate you coming on. This was awesome. You gave a lot of great info. I really do appreciate Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to dig on this. I yeah, it. I really then last final thing too, where can people find you, connect with you, social media, anything like um, that? Easy enough. The website is ashleygilbreth.com and on social media we are um uh, Ashley Gilbert Interior Design. I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> Ashley Gilbert Interior Design is um, is our interiors one, and then um, our shop one is Paris Shop, and then we have a personal one too. So this is a, a work by itself. It's just social media, and the personal one is Ashley F. Gilbert. So it kind of helps people be able to understand who you are. I think if they can tap into the personal side for a moment, mm-hmm. it's business. But I highly agree. Highly agree. Ashley, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much. And guys, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you you so much for listening to this episode of The Real Build. And guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously, reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people. And that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.